I love that music, though. That woman studied that because she had breast cancer, and she used that music to heal herself. Wonderful. Isn't that great? So welcome to the show. Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into Paradigm Shifters. We haven't done a live on-air call for quite a long time, but I'm Veronica Entwistle, and my uh, wonderful uh co-guest here today is Linda Sherman, and Linda is a wizard of political astrology and all kinds of astrology, and we've talked off and on for years. I'm so excited you're here, and Linda's going to answer your calls. So, welcome, Linda. Well, thank you for having me on the show, Veronica. It's always a pleasure. That's a pleasure for me, too. I was just going through your um, your newsletter, which is pretty uh, rich, I thought I'd pick out a few points, but there's probably about ten in every sentence because everything's <laughs> moving. So, <laughs> everything's moving so fast out there on the planet. And yeah. Linda's newsletter is called Soothsayer.com, and Soothsayer. Well, it sounds very soothing. It also is <laughs> implying looking into the future, isn't it? And I'm going, holy mackerel, Linda, is the world changing? Are we changing all the frameworks of all the systems and changing a whole, I guess, different way for human consciousness to go on? That's a rather uh, huge question, so you can break it into bits, if you will. Well, I agree with you, Veronica. As usually, we, we do agree on most things. <laughs> and, and uh, uh, no, I, I really feel as an astrologer, the positions of the planets always describe historically what we can expect in the term of particular cycles and climates that come up in history, whether it has to do with mass events or individuals. Uh, uh, that these are destined to happen. What isn't destined is how we are going to deal with these cycles and climates. Uh, so the way I understand it is that the energy is affected by the way the planets are all moving. Somebody asked us to explain all this at the beginning a little bit, and you're doing that, just exactly that. <laughs> yes, I think that, that what we astrologers uh, science looks at the world in a kind of nuts and bolts way, uh, quantifying and measuring at things under microscopes and telescopes and, and doing the math and, and everything, uh, uh, seeing a kind of a mechanistic, materialistic universe. Uh, we don't deny that there is a mechanistic, materialistic universe, but we think that is only the very, very small part of a greater universe of which we are all a part. And we are all revolving and changing and uh, in, a, in a universe that's connected, in a sense, with the cosmos, with what we might call the multiverse or the mm -hmm. multiple galaxies. And uh, we here on Earth, on this planet, are coinciding or synchronizing with these changes. and So we we're kind of like have, microcosms, aren't we? Yes, and in a sense, uh, uh, we are attuned to this in very mysterious ways because our systems of beliefs, our philosophies here, uh, haven't really frequently, at least not in our modern times, dealt with this holistic phenomenon. 
uh, and I'm not. We're not denying science. We're not denying the nuts and the bolts. But the nuts and bolts are only a very, very small part of a greater reality to which we are connected. And that reality may be consciousness itself. In fact, at the top level of physics today, uh, they're looking at the idea the universe may be conscious. Uh, and and so they're they're getting as wild as we are, <laughs> and and so we are, are living through a historic time. Those of us who are human alive on this planet today, which is a time of mass desiccation, disintegration, and defiance of all the prior belief systems and structures, whether they're governments whether they're the business world, whether they're religions, uh, or even the very land that we inhabit is being desiccated by climate change. And much of this, we have to look in the mirror and say that it was uh, the collective human species that has, uh, has made a series of very selfish, narcissistic decisions through the ages. Uh, remained at the level of what I call predator-prey consciousness, the lower limbic part of the brain where you're always on guard that you're going to eat, either eat or be eaten <laughs> in the lizard world. Uh, and it all of this is coming to a head at this historic point. It's really amazing to be alive at, at this point because we're experiencing, uh, in a sense, the end of the world and the beginning of a whole new world. Now, I have been predicting these serious issues, uh, neoliberalism, the collapse of, of, you know, wealth inequality, climate catastrophes, fossil Demo- fuels Democracy, even? Uh, Well, I don't think democracy, I think democracy is being tested. I'm not sure it's it's going to end. It certainly is being tested. But certain leaders appeal to this. They're at the lowest level of human response instead of the highest level of human response. And what has happened historically, when Pluto went through Capricorn before and where it is now, uh, you had the American Revolution, then you had the French Revolution, uh, the Industrial Revolution, uh, and then later on, uh, at times you had the Communist Revolution in Russia, the, the Communist Revolution in China. All of these resulted, except for the American Revolution, it resulted in a destructive leadership that was far worse than the people in power that they were overthrowing. And appealing, right now in this country, many people genuinely feel that they have been shafted by the establishment. And they have been. When you have 80% of this nation's wealth owned by less than the upper 1%, uh, and you have appeared over many years where um, we are run by a billionaire class, it's very much like the de' Medici's. Who are cutting back on schooling, education, security of all kinds, and and survival on the planet, right? Yes, and and we have gone downhill 
in terms of education. Fewer people economically can afford a really good advanced education. It's become unaffordable by mm-hmm. most people. Uh, and not only that, but they took political science and civics out of the sco- out of the public schools years ago. So these people that are crying about the Constitution, everything they wouldn't know if the, constitu- the Constitution hit them in a in the face, uh, like <laughs> you know, a bag of Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I'm laughing, they, but it's not funny, really. It's kind of tragic because it's, it's like kind of being... tragic. Uh, it yeah. really is. When I think of when I back in. Uh, uh, the early days of humanity when I was in school that we had in my junior year we had to we had civics and we had political science we had to take a federal constitution test plus at the time I was living in the state of Illinois the Illinois state constitution test in order to graduate into our senior year this was when, in the 1950s, when there was a great investment being made in public education in the post-war era, the, the GI Bill and investments in public education, all kinds of things were happening in this country. Uh, as Eisenhower created the, the uh, highway system that went from coast to coast, there were a lot of investments made in people and in the good of all. In more recent years, there's only been investments in the roulette wheel economy on Wall Street uh, that is now topped off by things like Bitcoin. I mean, I I never, never thought that things would get to this point with these online coinage stuff that's basically worthless. (laughs) We don't know what it's worth from second to second because Wall Street has become a giant casino, generally uh, the people who benefit are inside the this loop. The giant hedge fund managers and mostly the giant banks, J.P. Morgan, Chase and Goldman Sachs and Citigroup and all of these giant, these people who really run everything. So what do we have a country now that people are are attacking immigrants, which have had nothing to do with any of this. They're attacking people of color. They're attacking people of different religion because they are so profoundly ignorant as to why all of this has happened to us mm-hmm. and who did it. So out of that ignorance, they would, you know, seek to put somebody in office who's worse than anyone we ever had before. <laughs> It's and a, because it's because there's something that bothers me, Linda, um, and somebody's online wanting to ask a question. She's also in the media business. But this to me is really, really important, which is the way information has been driven is a little like Wall Street in a way. It, uh, you see what I'm saying? It's convincing people to think I this sure way. I do. That, uh, the, there is a corporate-owned media that's interested yeah. in ratings and getting enough ads. If you know, it's just about every program is half ads, and the other mm-hmm. half is, is the content. No, this and the, the media all the way around, of course, except for your wonderful show, Veronica, and a few others, <laughs> a few other truth-sayers around the, the world and, and in the United States. Uh, but so much of the media is just... Uh, uh, it's it, it, Back, I have to say this. 
because I have followed the facts and the trends for so much of, of my life. Being an astrologer gets you out there. You're following facts and trends. Back in 1987, uh, up until that point, there was a federal law that said if you were proclaimed as a newspaper or a radio show or a TV show, all under the auspices of news, that you had to tell the truth. And if you weren't, you could be prosecuted, you could be sued. Well, in 1987, they got rid of that law. Wow. And from that time on, you have a media now that is no longer obliged to tell the truth. And so you get a media now that's sort of similar to a uh, a, a wet T-shirt mud wrestling contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to jump back before you go past this very far. One of the things that's really obsessive for me is the disinformation, misinformation thing, which is used as a weapon against yes. the power of the people. But a friend and I were arguing today about, like, when does did that really start? I think it started, from what I've heard, like maybe a thousand years ago, but certainly turn of the century. Oh, what yes. Well, say? they used to call that in the early 20th century yellow journalism. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, there's always... But it should been, be illegal. It should be illegal. Well, it was called, it? when I was growing up, it was called propaganda. And right. we were trained in our uh, civics class to watch out for propaganda because it was framed as this is how the communists took over Russia and China and various parts of the world was through the use of, of propaganda and lying all over mm-hmm. the place and dominating a media with lies. And But the sad thing about what's going on now is it's just all about money and ratings and getting eyeballs. And there's been a kind of moral... A vacuum, abandonment of, of even any kind of a decency uh, mm-hmm. here. And uh, I think that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about money. How much can you make? How much can you steal? How much can you invest? How much can you uh, uh, lie to people about? It? It's all about selfishness and greed and narcissism to the nth degree and it's very sad but it is bringing our civilization down and meanwhile the elephant in every room is the climate change as a result of the hydrocarbons that we spent the past hundred years putting into the atmosphere and and I'm sorry, nature and all of that is going to shift and change where people live. There's going to be mass migrations to, to places of safety. Whole areas of continents are going to become unlivable. And and this is going to be... Uh, and then we continue now to, to worry about how much it costs to put gas in our gas tanks. That's where I know, we isn't are that today. something? But just and, let me ask you something else that's really basic here, which is what are the planetary influences that have led to, for example, the crumbling of the society, the dissolution of education drives, the 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 split in, in money, the haves and the haves not. Are there certain planets that, that have dictated that kind of emotional feeling on in us? Is yes. that a good way to put it? Well, I think that there is a lot intrinsic in the chart for the United States of America when it was formed, that the United States is kind of, uh, we as a nation are kind of schizophrenic or <laughs> bipolar <laughs> or whatever. Uh, what we, we have some of the greatest ideas that humankind have ever had about 
democracy, about an equal opportunity world uh, uh, where everybody has a shot at success. And we have some brilliant wonders that government buy in for the people. But it was basis, based on a slave-owning economy and racism and contract slavery and suppressing the working class and, and everything – uh, it through the years has hurt us very, very badly, has wounded us, and we are going to have to change at our core, uh, which I honestly believe it or not, hopefully by the end of this conversation, I believe we are, we have changes that lie ahead that give me great cause to hope. I had predicted this time would be the second American Revolution because of Pluto, you ask it, Pluto and Capricorn, our Pluto return to our chart, Neptune in Pisces, which is opposing our natal Neptune, and now Saturn is in Aquarius, which is going to go over our natal moon in February of, of next year. And I, I really feel that the leadership that is... Uh, alive and well today may be on its way out by February of 2023 on all different levels. By 2025... You mean many whole, different countries? or the style uh, I think specifically in the United States. Okay. Uh, here in the USA. Um, it, there's there's going to be people you know, either passing away or simply going away. Uh, in, in in this period of time, and by 2025 to 2026, in that period when Neptune, Pluto, and Uranus all change signs, and uh, Neptune goes into Aries from where it is now in Pisces, that we're experiencing desiccation and flooding and everything uh, uh and hopelessness and, and mental health and drug overdoses you know yeah. that are all yeah. about neptune in, in pisces it's going to go into aries which is like the star trek sign uh going into the future with blazing new exciting ideas uranus will go into gemini which is where the usa natal uranus is which means innovation invention and transformation is in our dna and then uh, Pluto will go into Aquarius, bringing us fully into the age of Aquarius, which actually began it under the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in December of 2020. So my okay. feeling is that what lies ahead of us, the consequences are still going to be severe for what we have already done, without question. However, democracy will not die. It may come into its own in this time period uh, and uh, here in the United States and, and elsewhere as well. So Maybe a deep when dive I was, into integrity, huh? Yes. I, I honestly think we're going to invent our way out. And as you and I have discussed before, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest inventions of all is going to be nuclear fusion which is on its way. On my newsletter, people who've been reading it, they know that I have been referring to articles in Scientific American and Science News and everything about the progress in these various fusion sites that are in the United States and then the big one in, in France, the ITER in France. And the progress they're making is remarkable. And people really? think, you know, it's something in the distant future. 
I think that at least four of those sites will have ignition be producing energy from nuclear fusion by 2026. I'm going out on, on a limb with this. And this means infinite amounts of energy. Everything will be electric. We will have infinite amounts of energy with literally no pollution. This is a reaction in physics to the splitting of the hydrogen atom. It doesn't have anything to do with uranium or plutonium or nuclear fission. No more fossil fuel. It is going to be one of the greatest breaks that humankind has ever made to, it, it, to initiate the age of Aquarius, which is the age of humanitarianism and invention. Or do you think that there's going to be a lot of uh, fighting and war over shifting totally out of oil and so on? Oh, yes. There, uh, naturally, the old guard always struggles to stay alive. <laughs> right. uh, there, yes, we are already experiencing this. Right. Uh, and we, we, I mean, look, every president, including President Biden, has had to deal with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. These people are really, really bad news. <laughs> and we have to deal with them because they have more oil than anyone else. And we're having inflation over here. Uh, and uh, you have to deal with these people uh, that assassinate people they don't like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And and but we really the the I, I want to say that the oil producing nations, the countries in the Middle East, the big, their climate is changing so badly. They're running out of water. Uh, it, it, they're heating up as is much of Europe. By the way, if you haven't noticed, the Mediterranean, uh, mm-hmm. Greece, and and uh, France. And, and I heard uh, Italian beaches and so on. Are yes, in Italy, yeah. they're all burning up. The climate change is affecting what the part of the world that we evolved out of, the Mesopotamian Crescent, where Iraq is today, which was once Babylon. Uh, the history of our civilization have been these nations, Egypt and Iraq and, and you know, the Arabian Peninsula, all of this. The Mesopotamian Crescent is where we started what we call human civilization, uh, from the Sumerians to the Egyptians to the, and even further ahead to the Romans. All of this part of the world is heating up, drying up, and burning up. This mm-hmm. is ironic. And uh, their, their experience, I talked about the Horn of Africa, uh, the Somali, you know, they're just going to be, it's just going to be uninhabitable, the severe droughts. And uh, elsewhere, the floods, in, uh, especially in Asia, many countries that are island nations uh, uh, are going to be underwater. And when the uh, uh, Arctic uh, ice cap melts, the, the glacier, the giant great glacier covering uh, the Arctic is cracking right now and melting. They, they, they said the, the climatologists say, well, the oceans could rise in anywhere from 8 to 14 feet. All the world's coastal cities will be submerged. People will have to move inland. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we'll have to move inland to places of elevation where there are concentrations of fresh water. Uh, in addition to nuclear fusion, we're going to make progress in hydrology, which is the science 
of the uh, conservation and purification of water because that's going to become the most fresh water, the most important. We can't live without it. So parts of the world that have, like the the area around the Great Lakes, uh, uh, but climate change is so weird you just never know what's going to go anywhere. But mm-hmm. the, the best guess is to move inland where there's farmland and fresh water uh, and uh, rebuild our civilization. And we must, absolutely must, develop a system of compassion, cooperation, uh, humanitarianism. Uh, Aquarius represents the greatest breakthroughs in science. It also represents the greatest breakthrough in human civilization. To give you an example, two great Aquarians that were born in the 19th century, Abraham Lincoln and and uh, the, the person who created the, the, the Darwin, Charles Darwin, they were born on the same date. Oh my goodness! Year. If you both did they know, did they know each other? You know that's a very good question. I don't know the answer whether they knew each other. But if you look at Lincoln, that ended slavery in this country and evolved from a person who was basically prejudiced against black people, Africans, and everything, evolved in his presidency to a higher level of consciousness and fought and won the Civil War to get rid of this horrendous institution of slavery and try to unite the country and lost his life doing it. And you look at Charles Darwin and his theory of evolution. We have to remember that biology and these things were not evolved sciences in the 19th century. And and that theory has led to us to other theories in in to understand the evolution of life on this planet. Uh, and these were two great great men. One a scientist, one a, a politician, a humanitarian. And to me, this is an illustration of the Aquarian, the two sides of the Aquarian age that lies, mm-hmm. that we have just, we're just on the edge of it now. That's very exciting. Now, I want to do a jump shift in a little ways because I keep thinking there's so much magic that we understand these days and a lot of the indigenous people know how to create rain, right? And know yes. how to work with the atmosphere. And I keep going, well, surely if we if we really put our heads together and really, you know, really set our sights, we can actually, maybe it's forge in the universes, some ways of, um, and we have a caller on line one. I'll just finish this thought and we'll take our caller. But I think we could forge a new way of handling water and wind and fire. And let's get back to that as soon as we bring our caller in. Caller number one, you are welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Are you on? Here you are. Hi. I'm Amber, and I'm in Eureka, California. It's nice to meet you. Nice to um, meet you, Amber. It's uh, an interesting conversation, and I don't know. Do, does astrology work on land masses? I'm so I'm working in Eureka. I'm not from Eureka, and um, there's a lot of uh, drug abuse here. And Eureka is right on the coast. It's on. It's Northern California, right on the coast. Uh huh. Um, 
how do you do you see it like getting better for people here in Eureka, or is it going to just be? It's just I don't know. There's just like a lot of the Walking Dead in this town, and I and I wish I could do something to make it better, like to give people like a chance or give them hope. Or is it just because it's like in some weird astrological lines that it's just going to be? It's beautiful here, but just like filled with miserable people. <laughs> well, Amber, that's a bunch of complex questions, but I want to say that we astrologers like to get the date, time, and place of a birth of a community, the day and the time. Um, let me see if I could see when Eureka was founded. I probably don't have a... The, it was um, inhabited by um, Native Americans first for a couple of thousand years, and then Eureka, let's see, founding, I'll Google this, founding. Isn't it amazing that we can do Googling like this on yeah. global on global discussions? <laughs> it does. It's like, it's, I love being able to Google everything now. It's so good. Um, but it's yeah, birth it's, chart. It's, Eureka birth chart. Okay, go ahead. Oh, you found it? Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I thought you... Oh. Um, now my Google is it. How come it's not working? I don't know if it's because I'm on the radio, too. Let me try again. Sorry about that. Um, shoot. Well, my... I could do my birth chart, or is that too weird to ask? If I just figured we were talking global, and I can't get my internet to work. Uh, Eureka, California. Let's see if it comes up this way. And nope, my Google's not working. Um, I could. I was born in Oakland, California. Uh, in 1971, September 22nd, at 7 o'clock in the evening. That would be my birth chart. But I can't, I wish I could get Eureka up here. Hmm. Are you there, Linda? Can you hear us? I guess I'm really interested in something here, Amber. There you are from Oakland. And we're talking about mm-hmm. Eureka, where you're working. And I'm going, there must be some energy connection there you know even if you weren't born there i don't know we'll see what she says when she comes back but but i'm really interested in the fact that we can have an impact on the energy around us and i know she's got lots to say about that i'm sorry we lost her today oh dear hey i'm sure they'll get her back Uh, yeah, yeah i just uh i just it's I like your questions. Your question is very compassionate. You know that. My cell phone. You were transferred to my cell phone. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) So much for magic. I'll let you two talk. Uh, Welcome back, Linda. We didn't want to lose you. Okay. I I just didn't know how much when I went off. Because I was just running, talking about to Amber about her location and the people there. And I was saying, I don't think that some of the sadness she's talking about and the despair there, I think this is very broadly experienced around the country today. 
Oh, that's a good way to look at it. And why would we say that? Is that because things look like a little hopeless or we can't run normal patterns or we're hearing well, the death that, cry? Right. You said it. We're, we're, we, within, we have to let go of our old ways of dealing with things. And we have mm-hmm. to open up to something that is greater than this limited uh, set of circumstances that we are in. Uh, I couldn't go on without my daily meditation and white lighting and uh, being in touch with those the, that realm, which is so much greater than the smaller things. And, H- and hang I really on a sec. Do- I want to interrupt for a sec because one of our listeners named Dante has uh, just said May 13th, 1850 is the founding date of Eureka in Taurus. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was discovered uh, in the what, 1500s. What is, but yeah, that sounds about right. Gold Rush. It's a, it, they tried to do Gold Rush here, but then it became, um, they discovered all the redwoods and they cut down all the old growth. <laughs> they cut all the 2,000-year-old 2000 2000 trees down. Well, I would have to get another ephemeris <laughs> only of the 20th and 21st century ephemeris is, you know, and I haven't done this in advance, uh, for, for, mm. but it is, it was born May something. Yeah, May 13th, 1850. But I think 18. that's just interesting. One of the things I think that's interesting is she found it right away. On her phone, as we're talking, she's over here in a uh-huh. different state, and you're over here, and I'm over here, and I'm going, well, <laughs> we're in the moment. Well, we, it's a little different than the linear way we used to get along, right? Well, mm-hmm. one of the things is this is a town whose sun sign is Taurus, mm-hmm. and right now Saturn is squaring the sun, which is kind of depressing, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? Oh. Just on, on that small aspect alone, it makes the last square to the sun in January, and then it's going to be leaving that. So it may be that things in Dante uh, won't be quite as uh, sad and despairing next year in by March of 2023. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, there's just a, it's like a lot of... A lot of people on drugs in Eureka, really, really hardcore drug addiction in this town. It almost feels like, like West Virginia. So wow. it's good to know that maybe people will stop being on the drugs in next year. Well, is that may be that they, thing, simply, the they simply may Pardon? just reach a critical point where they right. have to turn themselves around. With that Saturn square to the sun, they have to grow up, reorganize, turn themselves around, find a way uh, within the structure of that society, within that township or whatever, to deal with this. It's not easy when Saturn is square mm-hmm. to the sun. It means you've got you've got to. Saturn says you can't run away. You've got to face the music. That's what Saturn says. Mm. It's a lot of karmic mm. stuff too, isn't it? Yes, but oh, addiction is, yeah, this is a national problem that we're having here. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it, it's huge, and it's a part, again, of all of these ills and, and evils that have led us to this point. 
But as I said, I, I think they're going to make progress with things like addiction, understanding it better, and, and uh, working with people on an energy level. I feel that a lot of mental illness, depression, addiction is going to be dealt with on the energy level. It may start out with putting electrodes on your on your head or uh, uh, dealing with it in, in that way, but I, I do feel that... Ne- as the age of Aquarius unfolds, neurological things, mental illnesses are going to be addressed in ways that we never have before in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's really interesting, isn't it? It is. Yes, Do you want to I, say I really something feel again, that Amber? there's going to be Go new modes of healing. They're going to make breakthroughs in medicine. This CRISPR technology, where they edit genes. Uh, we're eventually going to edit out major inherited diseases and, and dispositions toward various types of illnesses through this CRISPR technology, which is absolutely amazing. And as hmm. these planets appear on the horizon, breakthroughs are going to be made. I, I don't think Eureka, where uh, Amber, where you live, is, is hopeless. Uh, I think that uh, there needs to be some people who step up to the plate there and address this problem publicly. I want to say I I appreciate Amber saying she had a concern for a whole group of people. I like that. that Right. It's something we aren't doing enough of, I believe. And we have another caller. Yes. On line two, we have Dante. Welcome to the show, Dante. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yes. welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I did have a question, as I've been listening, and obviously was glad I could give you a date for Amber, if that helped at all. Yeah, um, it did. But, um, um, you know, I've been wondering what's in the stars, you know, with the overturn of Roe versus Wade and for women's rights and women's issues. Uh, I, I'm really wondering if... Um, You've been forecasting or seeing anything in the stars, you know, that is hopeful. But, of course, I'm curious as to what you're foreseeing. I absolutely do. And it does feel like our leadership is... Okay. Yeah, the Supreme Court is is now... uh, uh, They are major role players in in The Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) Margaret (laughs) Atwood. Yes, I I do believe that one of the things that's going to happen in the fall is that the Democrats are going to do better in this election. It, the, the election chart for this November is a complete surprise, overturn, crises, upheavals, and changes from the way people are currently thinking about this election. Uh, and Uranus is, is conjunct this this lunar eclipse in Taurus. I believe that a lot of people are are going to vote for the Democrats because they want legislation to put a woman's right to her own reproduction, (laughs) reproductive organs into legislation. And I think this is going to be inevitable. Uh, This, this is this, a handful of people who have a, a religion that thinks that they can control women's reproductive rights. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is the worst of the worst. It's going to end in another few years 
we will have those rights restored. Women will have those rights restored. Well, can I add to that? What about the Supreme Court? I mean, that's all part of it, too, isn't it? Well, there, there, there they are. They're going to take care of themselves. Uh, um, I, I think that uh, we just have to wait this one out <laughs> as to who's going to be retiring or leaving or whatever next and uh, who will be around to appoint uh, a, a new justice. This is something that's going to be have to be waited out. But by the time we get to 2025, 2026... Uh, I think that there will be a lot of changes in the court in just a few years. Well, that's optimistic. There will be... Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm wondering, you know, um, I feel like people are kind of all over the place. I was thinking about Liz Cheney being voted out today. And in yeah. terms of leaders emerging or leadership or a new coalescence, you know, I'm... <laughs> Looking for uh, energy yes. from the stars well, I, for that? People ask me, you know, whether they think Biden or Trump are going to get reelected in 2024. And I'm saying none of the above, because early in 2023, uh, people are leaving the scene that have been there before. I'm going to put it that way. Uh, the, the, there's going to be a new group of young people that are going to be running for office in both parties. Uh, it's it's interesting with with Liz Cheney because those of us who are not uh, really super conservative Republicans uh, would never have guessed that she's standing for the Constitution and the rule of law. So she's become a hero to many people on on both sides of the you know, especially Democrats, Independents, women. You know, she's become somewhat of a hero and of an icon. Uh, she's I appreciate that not going to be reelected of, by people in a state that that are Trump supporters. That's true. Yeah, I think it's a relief in a funny way that she is for a lot of us on the other side, but she's doing. She's holding principles that we all should be holding. And I think exactly that, my that's feeling really is that there are very good people in both political parties, regardless right. of which side we we are on in terms of policies. And uh, she's turned out to be a pretty good Republican. There are some uh, Republicans that are are standing for this. Adam Kinzinger from Illinois, he's fantastic the way he has stood up against. Uh, the overthrow, the attempted overthrow of our democracy and Trump's crooked behavior and everything. There are some good people there, and uh, the and people in both parties have to wake up and realize that when the country gets taken control by a handful of plutocratic billionaires, there are going to be consequences. A lot of people don't know what hit them, so. Uh, to me, uh, Trump is similar to the French Revolution when they beheaded everybody and then wound up beheading each other. They, it, it, oh, it was God. hate, and and you know, I I, I think that there's there's going to be some startling similarities because he will not remain in power, and Joe Biden as well. I think will, will go down in history. He's not popular right now. He's going to go down of having accomplished a great deal. And, but Good. he also, uh, I think there's going to be some serious life and death crisis with him next year. I hope he gets through it. 
to the other side. Uh, but both both Trump but isn't that and a classic Biden. Scorpio? Oh, so what that about Kamala need... Harris? Oh, yeah, Kamala Sorry. Harris. <laughs> uh, yes, Kamala uh, may either temporarily or for the rest of the term have to take over the presidency in February of 2023. Okay, but I don't think she's going to run. In other words, if she comes into the presidency, it will be because Biden has to step down uh, because of medical issues or, or whatever. Uh, and I don't think that she's going to run for president again. Okay, we have another caller. We have Peg on line one. Peg, welcome to the show. Thank you. And you've you gotten to Sherman before, haven't you? So. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hi, Peg. Hey, I have a question. You know, with um, the situation with Trump and the Republican Party, as it's showing that they're going to be more of a fascism, fascist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, is does the in astrology does it show that that can be beaten? I mean, is not be a strong hold on the United States that we can survive our democracy? I believe that we can. You know, there are no absolutes in astrology. We could definitely screw up, but I don't think we're going to become a fascist state. I think as these planets change signs, as I said, 2025, 2026, everything is going to dramatically change. I don't think we're going to hand ourselves over to a fascist government or a malignant narcissist like Trump. Well, let me ask you this. Isn't there a motion within all of us to reach for some kind of evolution? And I keep thinking because things are moving so quickly, are we not going to see sort of uh, lights of evolution coming up in people that might change their whole decision about what they belong to and what they're going to adhere to? Does that make sense? I believe that. I believe every word of what you just said. I believe there's new people coming into positions of leadership in politics and science and everywhere that are, 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 are going to be uh, representative of a higher form of consciousness. Uh, and I believe it's the people that cling to the hierarchies and the racism and the xenophobia and the, and the bitterness and misery of the past will, will just not survive this time. They won't be able to survive uh, in, in the light, in the sunlight that's coming to, to humanity. I think that's a wonderful idea. Also, the Gen Zs seem that group of young people, they seem to yeah. have a, already a different vital kind of consciousness already, don't they? I think they do, but each generation of young people has its challenges. And some of these young people here that are going crazy and, and overdosing and, and, you know, and shooting up people in malls and everything, they, they really... Uh, have not had support, understanding they are despairing, they're basically suicidal. Uh, it, it's almost like this level it, uh, is going to take itself out naturally and what's going to be left. The survivors are the people that are appropriate to the age that they're surviving in. 
And so that I feel there are going to be young people that are just going to shine and bloom and come out in a sense, in a wonderful way to represent uh, a new level of... There are already wonderful people around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching a wonderful show on PBS, not wonderful, it's very sad, on PBS about the Horn of Africa and Somalia being turned into being an unlivable place. And I was struck by these people that from the UN and, and the Red Cross that came in there and that loved these people to help them, to keep them from starving, to administer to them medically. Uh, I, and I thought to myself, my God, there are wonderful, wonderful people alive today in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be the ones that take us into the new age, the compassionate ones, the ones that care about the earth, that care about uh, life on earth, that that, that experience a, a, a really great, profound love for the planet, its life, and for each other. Those are the ones that are, love will survive, not hate. Do you think a lot of the people on the planet are going to pass? Oh, yes, they already are. I mean, okay. first of all, we've had the worst pandemic uh, in, in this century that has taken a lot of lives, not only here but throughout the world. Uh, we have climate uh, crises that are taking many lives and destroying uh, many parts of the world and making them unlivable. Of course, there's going to be a lot of people passing away. Of course, there are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. Well, we're almost done, but with these wonderful people online, have you each got something you'd like to ask Linda before we're done here? Are you still there, Peg or Dante? Oh, I'm here. And I don't seem to <clears throat> like to ask uh, Linda. Is the, yeah. um, our environment, you know, with uh, nature, Mother Nature? Yes. So the storms and all that are occurring with the bill that was passed to help to cut back on the emissions, I believe it was. And so, you know, and get solar power. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this bill that was just passed. I mean, I give Biden and the Democrats um, credit. They limit what they wanted. They got maybe half of what they originally wanted, but they got something. And it's better than nothing. But the uh, as long, you know, I look at solar panels and I look at electric cars. How much coal was burned to manufacture those solar panels in in China particularly? Uh, Until we have nuclear fusion, the endless amount of energy with no pollution and using no hydrocarbons is still going to be, the attempts that we make are better than nothing, but not much better. It's just all they've got right now. I I was directly in touch with a member of the the Energy Committee uh, uh, in the House uh, of Representatives last year. I have a, a very dear friend in Washington who's a client of mine, and I've been talking about fusion so long, she put me in touch with a member of that. Uh, committee, and I Wonderful. talked to him about fusion. Uh, I'm hoping there, I think there's some money going toward it, but basically, 
this is going to be such a huge breakthrough. And it'll be great that we have electric cars. It'll be great that we have more solar panels. And all of that is positive. But it's a drop in a bucket, so to speak, at this point in time. We need something much bigger and more profound. And fusion is that thing. Well, what can I do, for example, having no access to the fusion makers, you know? Like, what can we do now as people that want to be active? Yeah. Well, that that's a good question. I, I think it is. I know that I contribute to local environmental groups uh, mm-hmm. that are trying to do some good in the world. These young people that come by uh, and knock on my door that I'm so moved by these youngsters that are, you know, college students mainly that are. Uh, it's, and so I contribute to some of the environmental organizations. And, and personally, I practice as much as I can, these, these things that we know to do. And, but, but it's, we do what we can. I honestly think that our prayers for the planet and the magic you suggested from the Native American peoples who are so wonderful, that that kind of praying, that kind of visualization, that kind of getting in touch with the greater force, uh, behind everything uh, is probably at this historic point going to be something that aids all of the other good things to eventually happen. So I this, love uh, that. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> so no, go ahead. Um, go ahead, please. Uh, the, the, the astrology, I mean, for the signs for Mother Nature, does that mean that it's going to increase eventually? I mean, we're going to do some stuff, but is it gradually going to increase versus, you know, in uh, astrology? Uh, you mean, uh, just the astrology? Well, that's what I've been trying to say with the movement of the yeah. planets into these new signs. The doors yeah. are going to open wide to solutions. Uh, we're okay. going to invent things. We're going to create. We're going to innovate. We're going to make breakthroughs. Make breakthroughs. In We're so feel many the areas when, right? when these planets change, that's what the promise of astrology... No, it's funny, because no one believed me. My first book, I wrote, What Next? A Survival Guide to the 21st Century, was published in 2007. I've written and published three books, and I talked about exactly what's going on today. I oh, said wow. this is the yeah, second I, I American Revolution, the dark night of the soul in America, the disestablishment of the establishment. Those are exact words. And at the time, people just didn't believe me. Recently, in the past couple of they've called me up and say, Linda, your forecasts came true. So I said, great. What did you do? And they all said nothing. Oh, well. <laughs> I had to laugh about it. They did. We moved here to Ithaca, New York inland to a place of elevation next to the Great Lakes and the Finger Lakes region where there's a culture of organic farming and gardening. Ithaca is a wonderful progressive town with Cornell University, one of the great universities in the world, whose one of their specialties is agriculture and biology, biological sciences. And so we, we, uh, we did what we could do. Uh, I think everybody has to pick and choose what he or she can do in their careers or in their lives that is something for the greater good. 
And to remind us all that it's easy to be pit lamped or to feel frozen in time because it's so overwhelming. But I got to pick something. It is. It is. And and now that I'm saying with hope and optimism, the planets planets are changing signs. The same group that didn't believe me before really doesn't believe me now. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember the when Cassandra was given the art of prophecy by the sun god Apollo, he said, you will be able to prophesy, but there's going to be a catch. No one will believe you. (laughs) (laughs) But that's often true of the great leaders. But Linda Sherman, you're just a wonderful, wonderful being, and I love having you on the show. And I really thank those of you who are still online for calling in and, and making this a rich conversation. And thank you so much. Um, well, thank and, you, Veronica. It's been a pleasure to talk oh, to always you a and everybody. God bless. We're going to talk to you soon when the planets shift again. But I just want to say here on Paradigm Shifters, next week we're going to have Steve Behrman, who's another political wizard with a great sense of humor because he does Swami Beyond Ananda as well, talking about the way the planet's rocking and rolling and what He's talking about the development of communities a lot, too, that we can pitch in and do that. So so tune in next week, and we'll see what's up. And by then, we'll all be fused in brilliance. Right, Linda? Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Much love and good night, everyone. Thank you for calling in, and thank you for being here. Good night.